This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome. You've found Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz exclusively on America's Web Radio, coming to you live in studio each Wednesday from 2 to 3 in the afternoon and available in podcasts via americaswebradio.com, Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, iTunes, Google Play, and all the rest. I'm your host, Elizabeth Wharton, at Lawyer Liz on Twitter. And while I am an attorney with Hall Booth Smith here in Atlanta, this show today and every day or every week is not intended as legal advice. If you need a lawyer, I recommend you contact one. Instead, for today's conversation, we're going to be looking at basically your devices. They're ratting you out. The tattletales, be it your cell phone, your connected car Wi-Fi hotspot to your tablet all through. They're sharing information about you that you may or may not want to have disclosed, be it where you're coming, where you're going, what you're doing, and from a business perspective, a privacy perspective, as well as law enforcement implications. Essentially, your devices are telling what you're doing. So before we get started, I want to thank my two guests who will be joining us. We have Drew Porter as well as Chris Grayson, security researchers who know a thing or two about what these devices are doing and uh, basically what they're sharing and what you can do perhaps to minimize the data that is seeping out. But before we get to that, talk a little bit about the media buzz bites. I don't know if y'all have been watching as much TV as I have, but there are a couple of shows that some I wasn't expecting to see drones pop up in. For example, last night, America's Got Talent, a dance troupe, decided to demonstrate just how artistic that drones, especially swarming drones, are not just cold Objects. Instead, they managed to show exactly what happens when you get a large swarm of drones, turn out the lights, and put glowing globes on top. And wow, uh, if you haven't seen America's Got Talent, look for the replay on its 11 play is the group. But tip of my hat to the pilots who are able to get the swarm synced up and by swarm talking about a large group of drones that were synchronized and it was a pretty impressive artistic display a little less artistic but a show that they must have been uh, the writers for person of interest I'm not saying they were listening in to buzz off with Lawyer Liz last week and our conversation with Ryan English, but as the sharpshooter was sitting on the rooftop, the drone was coming in. She knew not to take the shot because she, even as good a marksman as she was, she was not going to bring able, be able to bring down that military drone. So another episode to add to your watch list would be person of interest but making its world premiere ubisoft has their latest version of watchdogs watchdogs 2 trailer debuted and building on the first uh, 
episode, so to speak, the first watchdogs game where you have a hacker who's really tapping in to the Internet of Things and taking advantage of, well, the topic today and the connected devices. But I don't know if it was Amazon product placement, but in the trailer you see one of our main characters receiving a delivery package via drone. And if the game is lives up to the phenomenal trailer, there's going to be a lot of both building on the data seepage, the connected world, but really tapping into the entire Internet of Things. That that's a, incorporated a lot more, it looks like, uh, with watchdogs, too. So, again, I take a look, see, check out the trailer. The game will be coming out, but it's watchdogs two from Ubisoft. And entertainment media wasn't the only folks jumping on the drone bandwagon want to give a alert to those uh, pilots who will be flying and operating on the West Coast for the month of June 2016. I recommend you check out the FAA's Alerts because they're going to be doing some testing, we found out a couple days ago. And by that, they're warning, they're essentially the GPS systems, anything above 50 feet uh, on the identified days, and they're about four, five dates, they've notified everyone. And the area goes from really centered in California, but stretches so far east as Nevada and north as up into Oregon, but anyone flying and relying on GPS in that area above 50 feet, you're going to find a significant interference between the hours of 9.30 in the morning, I believe it was, and 3.30 in the afternoon. But heads up to those pilots out there, be it FPV to commercial uh, drone pilots, you want to take a look at that because If your GPS is jammed and your system or your aircraft falls out of the sky, I don't want to, uh, I don't envy that call to your insurer, and heavens forbid it land on someone. So just know what's going on around you. Because the devils are in the details when it comes to the data and drones. Uh, A Southern California first person view FPV group managed to catch. Uh, an interesting little scenario that played out and reminding everyone that drones are not just the aircraft you see, that they are the systems and the equipment as well. In this case, the GoPro did not stop recording after the FPV aircraft crashed and uh, the woman walking her dog, I'd say nearby, but if you see the video, I recommend Again, looking it up, it crashed a significant distance away from her, but the GoPro, still rolling from the ground, captured her coming up, stealing, essentially picking the FPV uh, aircraft up off the ground, and in this case, the tip of my hat goes to the pilots who were operating and doing so in a marked uh hobbyist airfield and uh, you know, following all the safety guidelines 
but they did not lose their cool. And as the videos, you can find them on YouTube uh, and other sources. But as the videos show, they kept calm. They provide. They had their information. They had their AMA cards, and you know, they knew where they were flying. They knew what they were doing, and they, in a very cool, as a cucumber manner, when the police arrived, explained how what the situation was and were able to retrieve their aircraft and return to the flying field but really provide an education moment to remind any of the flyers out there that you know get to know your surroundings communicate with the children that might be playing nearby if you're on an airfield but as this woman uh, attempted to tell the police that the drone almost crashed on her head and it threw a just potty mouth uh, laced tirade uh, tried to paint a completely different picture than what the GoPro painted but again it's a reminder that your data is going to rat you out and in this case it came it helped the pilots but an art installation at a music and technology festival in Durham North Carolina it was called the Wi-Fi Whisperer, and Wired.com had a great article by Liz Stenson that, after reading about this Wi-Fi Whisperer, essentially I had to invite Drew and Chris onto the show and really put some perspective into this, because this installation essentially was an app, a software program that was sniffing and we've talked about sniffing a little bit before with uh, on the first show with David and Rob and what hackers are doing but also and security researchers are doing but really sniffing is just pulling the available information that's out there and being released it's pulling it and putting it into one place and in this case it was the art installation that as you walked through the tunnel, it captured all this different information. For example, it pulled the names of the networks you've previously connected to, so the Wi-Fi hotspots and networks that you've gone. For example, had you recently flown to Bentonville, Arkansas? Well, it would have pulled that information and it broadcast it uh, as part of the installation, but basically it told folks where you've been connecting, where you've been traveling, as well as the host name of your laptop or phone, and the websites you were going to. In addition, not only that, but this installation was also able to sniff out and pull the text from the website you've been reading. So basically those articles you had pulled up on your phone, thought you were reading privately, well, they got broadcast, and not just in this art installation, they're getting broadcast every day depending on what, who is nearby and what software and what programs they're using. And this is nothing new. Retailers such as Nordstrom's have been pulling off your Wi-Fi data since, in Nordstrom's case, it was a program kicked off in 2012 where shoppers coming into the store they had little beacons put up and were collecting and tracking where you were going in the store, what, how long you were spending in front of certain displays. 
But as Liz Stinson notes in her article for Wired.com, public outcry led to the Nordstrom canceling the research, but that doesn't mean others aren't doing it. So with all that in context, I thought we should talk to Drew and Chris and find out a little bit more on the technical side, which devices and what they're sharing and how they're doing, how they're pulling this, how it can be used. I mean, it's not something where we're used to you know, being able to disclose yourself, but it's something that your devices are doing as part of their communication, as part of their uh, being, becoming a part of the Internet of Things. So thanks to everyone for listening. You've found Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz. And again, I'm your host, Elizabeth Wharton. Find us on americaswebradio.com. Follow me on Twitter, at Lawyer Liz. And with that, I'm going to let my two guests, we've got Chris sitting next to me in the studio. Drew is joining us on the phone. And we're going to take a quick commercial break. But when we get back, let them introduce themselves. Tell us a little bit about their expertise. Thank you for listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz. When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren, on Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. America's Web Radio is the most diverse and informative radio station anywhere in cyberspace. We have shows about health, business, current events, entertainment, home care, and everything in between. We appreciate your continued support of America's Web Radio. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. This is americaswebradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. So welcome back. You're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz. And today we are talking about how your devices basically are ratting you out. And from a personal privacy perspective, as well as corporate business information and law enforcement. And so to really paint the picture, I know when to punt to folks who know 
the technical details better than me. So a warm welcome to Chris Grayson with me here in studio. And Drew Porter is with us on the phone. But, Chris, I'm going to let you go first because you made the trip into the studio. <laughs> but can you can you share with everyone a little bit about what your background and research you're doing in this area? Yeah, sure. So uh, my name is Chris Grayson. Uh, I've been in the Atlanta area for roughly my entire life, um, and I've been in the information security field for going on six years now. Uh, kind of a lifelong technologist, but uh, I actually met Drew uh, doing security consulting work with him. Uh, and so my special my specialty in security consulting is uh, network testing. So basically going after wired and wireless networks. Uh, Drew is absolutely the expert on wireless, but, but wired is, is kind of my forte. Um, so did security consulting for a bit, now working on building my own company uh, based on some some areas within the information security field that I, I feel like are ripe for change. And as far as my research goes, uh, I mean, these these devices are all being networked together. We talk about the smart home. We talk about you're going to have your doorbell, your thermostat, uh, you, probably your blinds, your coffee maker. It's all hooked up together. This is all on your home wireless network. Uh communicating via various protocols. So uh, that's kind of how my area of expertise applies to this. And then as far as the applications that are found on these devices, uh, that's that's actually kind of where my background uh, in security started, is, is taking apart these applications and seeing where we could find holes. In fact, Chris, didn't you found one of the information security or uh, clubs at Georgia Tech? I mean, played a central role in that. I mean, so this this is an interest for you that it runs long and deep, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I think that the same could be said for both Drew and I, is that we, this is, uh, we're, we're the sort of people that we get to do what we love as a day job, and, and we're very happy for it. Well, and Drew, hopefully you're with us on the line. And uh, to give everyone a little bit of background, uh, anytime I'm around Drew, be it business meetings, conferences, uh, I really do have to wonder exactly what uh, all the different antennas or, you know, I, I just assume at this point Drew has pretty much access to any device I'm carrying. Yeah, that's Drew, a safe assumption. I say, Drew, is, is, that a, is that a fair assessment of your uh, wizardry and uh, skills with uh, radio and also just the larger internet of things yeah um so uh, I, d- I don't have access to every device around me uh he will never access- admit that <laughs> not yet yeah <laughs> yes I will, i'll never say that publicly at least um <laughs> but yes uh you know my, my background started uh a while ago i was a researcher um actually under uh, a dod contractor meant to break these devices before we called it the internet of things we just called them embedded wireless devices so it was to find how these devices actually can affect national security uh, or be used to advance national security and so we're talking about the devices i mean uh those who work in the industry know but i mean what wide range of things could fall under this definition yeah um so things, you know, most common items that people know include cell phones, um, and then we have uh, the various uh, Bluetooth devices, a Fitbit, you know, a, uh, a Jawbone Bluetooth headset, all, all these different brands. And then now we include 
our refrigerators and our coffee makers, uh, you know, and the diapers we put on babies now are included in these devices, which uh, are part of this Internet of Things. And that's not even a joke. No, I was going to say, oh, no. I, I saw something recently where your toothbrush will uh, mm-hmm. connect and take pictures of your mouth. And and so when you're referencing the Bluetooth connection, it, give us a little bit of background. I mean, we've talked previously on Buzz Off about how really all the, be it Wi-Fi to Bluetooth, all of this is radio transmissions. It's RF, radio frequencies, correct? Yes. And so um, tell us a little bit more about it. I mean, Bluetooth, I use that in my car for my hands-free uh, cell phone calls. Yeah, so uh, Bluetooth is definitely something that has just taken the world by storm. Uh, now we use it to, you know, connect our phones to our car, or we use it to... Um, see if our prescription is actually out or if we've taken pills today. Um, if you have smart bottles that tell you when you need to take pills. Uh, Bluetooth itself uh, has been around for quite a while. Now we're what's called in the, the age of Bluetooth smart, the newest standards for Bluetooth, uh, which allow for low power transmission of data through the air. Now, there are some security problems with it, and they've been trying to fix them. Um, but they've been unsuccessful in, the, in many of them. So uh, it's just, uh, I don't, I see Bluetooth as something that's going to be staying around for a very long time. And unfortunately, it is a huge place where it can leak data about you. Well, and, and using this in the broader picture, both with the Bluetooth as well as the Wi Fi, uh, really, how is this information? So when we're telling people that, your device, your car is ratting you out. Uh, what made me think of that was at Piedmont Park this past weekend saw a Atlanta Police Department uh, vehicle parked, and if I went to the settings on my phone telling me what, uh, what Wi-Fi networks were around me available, I noticed there was a network that was just a string of numbers, but if you looked at the car, patrol car sitting across from me, it had the same numbers. And so the basically the car was broadcasting its location to anyone nearby. I mean, it, what kind of, what can you do with that or what could be done with that information? And then what are some of the other, what's the other information that when we're talking about this is really being broadcast? Yeah, well, I mean, the obvious example with the one that you gave is uh, tracking of police officers, right? That is a very scary subject uh, in itself. Um, But it can be done with no real need to have advanced technology. It can be done on your phone, a standard phone. You can see when a certain (laughs) car is around you. And, um, you know, that's just one of the many items. Other items can include... uh, with these newer cars, such as uh, GM or Cadillacs, um, they're coming out with these hotspots, very similar to the ones that are in the patrol cars. Now people can start tracking where you're at. Um, it's no longer like you have to break into a device. You can do this passively 
I know, you know, my neighbor left his house at 10 a.m. because his car turned on, and when his car turns on, uh, his wireless radio or his Wi-Fi hotspot in his car uh, turns on as well. So yeah. now you can do predictive behavior uh, analysis on people without them even knowing it's happening. Well, and now, is there a way to capture, and Chris, you may know about this uh, more so from the software side, but too, is there a way to track which devices or which networks are coming in and out of range over time? Or do you have to be looking at your, uh, you know, looking at your phone constantly to know, okay, oh, there it comes in, there it goes out? The the complexity to put software together that does passive monitoring of the wireless networks that come within range, especially if you're talking about your standard, you know, the wireless network you have in your home, stuff that's operating on 802.11. I mean, there's, you would not have to be a significantly talented developer to put an easy script together that is just pulling off timestamps of, hey, we no longer see uh, this particular this particular network uh, anymore, or hey, there's this new one over here. There's actually this uh, this software suite called the Aircrack suite uh, that is made specifically for offensive security to break into networks. And one of the tools that comes with this suite is called Aerodump NG. And this software just specifically hops across all of the possible uh, all of the possible channels across 802.11 uh, and will tell you all the networks that are in range. And you can just dump this data right out to a file and parse it as you feel. So what you're telling me is I could, uh, with access to the right either you know, uh, app store you know, software, that I could download this, install it on my computer, uh, and let's admit I do not have the same level of technical expertise as the two of you, but you're telling me that someone with maybe a smidge more expertise than I you're doing it. You could do it. Very much so. You go to Google, you Google, how do I do this? And there's there are an immense number of write-ups of exactly how to do this. It's as simple as you go to a website, you download the software. The only thing you have to do other than that is buy a particular, uh, buy a particular antenna or a transmitter. And at that point, you're good to go. So where was this software to some degree when we were kids? Because to be able to know when your parents' car is suddenly within range, so you've got to turn off the uh, R-rated you know, horror movie mm-hmm. and jump into bed so they don't know that you had snuck up late. Uh, really, I don't know about y'all, but on some level, that would have been helpful as a, as a kid. But what are the, is there a way you can turn off just your network uh, communication. You know, how is there a way to hide this information? So let's put it. Let's put it this way. One of the uh, so back when Edward Snowden uh, leaked all the information about about the NSA, part of one of the things, one of the defensive controls that he put in place is he actually put a uh, a sniffing device in his apartment that was listening to wireless networks that were coming into range. Actually, it's not listening to the wireless networks themselves, but similar to uh, what you were talking about before with the sniffing at the festival, that it was listening to phones as they came in range, and they were asking, hey, is this network here? Is this network here? Because your phone is constantly uh, saying, hey, are these networks around? Uh, so this, this tool that he built knew of the networks that other NSA agents had been connected to, and so it would be listening for anybody walking in range that their device was now asking to join that network. And he actually knew when agents went to his apartment 
even though he was all the way over in China, he knew exactly when they walked up to his door. So when, when you ask, can you turn this off, considering you have a highly skilled agency that even their devices are still doing this, the answer is you can, but it's, it's, uh, it's very much non-trivial. So I think there's a joke in there somewhere about army intelligence or government uh, intelligence and, you know, uh, whether they really are the creme de la creme uh, or uh, <laughs> if we look at uh, former Secretary of State Clinton's uh, server, home server. Uh, I don't know that I would consider that quite state-of-the-art, but fascinating. So what you're really telling me is that my devices are telling you when I'm coming and going, when I'm coming in range, and when I have been in an area. So we're going to go to a commercial break, but when we get back, I want to pick this back up. You're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. So welcome back. You're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. And so right before the break, we were talking about basically 
When you connect either your car or your devices to a wireless network, that information gets stored and, quite frankly, gets leaked out when you're going somewhere else. So one of the things, of course, inquiring minds want to know, if you can't, if the government, if the NSA agents uh, from, as Chris pointed out, with uh, the Snowden uh, disclosures, if they couldn't prevent this from happening, and they're supposed to be some of the best, I'm just lawyer Liz. What can I do? Uh, can I tell my devices to forget a network that I've logged into before? I mean, Drew, what's a girl to do? Yes, yeah, so um, you can uh, on your laptops or on your phones uh, within going through your settings can tell your device, hey, forget that this network, I connected to it. And when your device is no longer connected to uh, another network, it will not broadcast that you ever connected to that. Now, it is a process, um, and it's not a very hard process, but it is um, still something that you have to be vigilant on, right? And Mm -hmm. it's something that you can forget to do. And it all it takes is that one little slip of forgetting and then that collection of uh, metadata basically allows people to now say, okay, I know they were at XYZ restaurant uh, because it has this wireless network name. Now, when you're talking about metadata, so we, we spoke a little bit earlier about, well, just disclosing my location, which networks I've connected to. But the metadata that's being leaked and seeped and collected is so much more than that. Can you can y'all share a little bit about what we mean when we say metadata and kind of what all it entails? Sure. Um, so let's talk about the two types of data just in general, right? We're going to say one is transport. Uh, data, which is what, you know, the data I'm actually communicating to to the device. Um, and that can be encrypted, so someone may not be able to see that. And then, But there's information that needs to be sent um, to discuss or to set up the transfer of this encrypted data um, or any even unencrypted data. And that's what we'll define as metadata. So it is not the actual core payload of what you're trying to transmit. It's so it's not the email itself, the, the text of my email necessarily, but it's right. kind of the, if we're talking about, let's say my email is a handwritten letter, the metadata then would be the uh, address on the envelope, the stamp, and you know when the post office uh, marks it, it would be that information on the outside of the envelope, correct? Exactly. That is exactly it right there. And your digital devices leak that type of information out all the time. Oh, wow. And so what, so if we're using that example of an envelope, what, what's on the outside of my digital envelope? I mean, what, what kind of information, what does that get you? Yeah, so what that can give to uh, an adversary or someone that's trying to um, collect information on you or um, the government that collects information on everyone, right? Uh, what that gives them is uh, a few items. Uh, first, it lets me see who you're actually talking to. Um, I may not know what you're saying, but I can see that you are talking to someone. Like if you were to send me, uh, you know, an encrypted text, um, 
I can't see the text, but I can see that, hey, you reach out to me. And then um, with that, it lets me tell, tell what time you did that at. Um, it could tell me uh, generally with other correlation of metadata uh, where you're at, uh, meaning the, we're talking about your devices broadcast where you're at all the time. Um, there's metadata that also assists with that. Now, is it going to, I was going to say, is it going to tell you, so for example, if I, and we're going back to the letter example, will it tell you the size of, you know, oh, it's a very large envelope, it's a, it's a, it's a box that you're shipping. I mean, if it can tell you that much information about, for example, my encrypted text, I imagine that can tell you whether I'm sending a text, a voice call, or something, I mean, yeah, in some cases it can. Um, your analogy using it with physical mail is, is very spot on uh, in the digital realm. Um, so you can see like, oh, this is going to be a larger file transfer than typical, right? And um, this right here can be correlated to say this is probably the information that person was looking for um, or needed. Uh, and this is no longer just a, you know, small back-to-forth conversation. So, really, these were the drones and droids they were looking for. <laughs> they are, yes. We have, to, we have to get the Star Wars references <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and the drones. Well, now, and Chris, so on the software side, I, I'll use uh, messaging apps like Wicker, mm. for example, Uh did those protect my communications, the metadata of it, better than, say, I'm just uh, texting for my phone, or are there still are they still routing me out as well with the metadata? So the where this data collection occurs is usually within the network that you're transferring the message across. So uh, honestly, what we we can we can only make assumptions in a lot of cases. Uh, but recently, I want to say that I read a story about how uh, one of the intelligence agencies in the United States will consider use of Tor to be a uh, to be an indication that somebody might be up to no good. And Tor is Tor is basically a, a piece of software that enables you to communicate in a uh, in a more anonymous way than you normally can on the internet. So, and also saying. Uh, even me, I mean, I've been known to use the Tor browser, so it's a mm-hmm. way for me to search the web without giving quite as much of my information mm-hmm. to the websites that I'm going to, correct? That and to the to the networks that your traffic is traversing across. Uh, but the the point that I'm that I'm looking to make here, though, is let's let's say that you use something like Wicker, you use something like Signal. Uh, the metadata will still be the same. Uh, let's say that you're using your normal messenger. Well, then whoever's collecting that data could also get the the contents of your message as well. But the metadata, who you're talking to, when it was sent, when it was received, uh, the size of the of the communication, that will all still be the same. Uh, and not only that, but we have you know we have indications that that sort of information, if you are seen to be using one of these things that helps you, you know, maintain some amount of privacy in the digital world, that's actually used as an indication that, hey, you're, you might be on a list now. Oh, I'm definitely on a list. I think uh, we're all on lists here. I was going to say, be it the VIP list at a club, um, the uh, you know, Santa's naughty list, and <laughs> I guarantee we are all on lists. Drew, Drew has the most, though, hands down, I'm sure. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Not on any list. 
But uh, so it really, by using Wicker, using Tor, that's not what you're telling me is it's similar to whether I used FedEx, UPS, or a courier. The informa- the address is still on the outside of the envelope. It's agnostic to the person who actually delivered it, so to speak. Yes, for the most part. Tor specifically is made to anonymize that part of that, uh, that part of that information. It's made to, to make it harder to make a connection between the recipient and the sender, but for all other purposes of what you stated, yes, absolutely. So in putting this into context, too, it's not just, of course, everyone, I mean, I've seen the movies, uh, I watch TV, and you know, it's not just that the value of this information isn't just with the government or government agencies. I can imagine there's a lot of, on the corporate side, it, there's a lot of value there, both from a marketing perspective, you know, oh, how long is the shopper hesitating in front of this or doing that? But also, if I want to know where my competition's going, who they're talking to, what y'all are telling me is my devices are going to tell everyone that information. Yeah, what? very much so. And, and, and that's what corporations do, right? Connect to our corporate Wi-Fi. And um, sometimes when you do that, you'll get, you know, a coupon when you walk by a certain area. And it's just, it, oh, wow, hey, I was walking by this area and I got this coupon for this product that's in this area. Um, they are tracking you within their stores, right? And they, and they do it um, for marketing purposes. They, they do it to see, should we rearrange our product? You know, they didn't stay long enough in this area and we're trying to push this product. Okay, we need to move this product higher on the shelf or lower on the shelf, something like that. Yeah. Um, is my coffee maker telling them or telling the manufacturer, whomever else, what kinds of coffee? I mean, if I'm using a Keurig, is that transmitting the information? Am I using the Keurig brand? Am I using the, the off brand? I mean, is that being captured? or? I, I can't say with any amount of certainty. But, you haven't uh, broken your Keurig yet? I, I don't drink that coffee. I drink real coffee. Uh <laughs> But I, I will say that there's a lot of evidence out there that there's really no boundaries that uh, corporate entities will observe when it comes to data gathering and data analysis for the purposes of directed advertising. Oh, wow. Now, uh, so, Drew, you've already told me that you know, people, my neighbors know where I'm coming and going when my Keurig coffee maker is communicating with the marketer. Is that something that my neighbors can, or you know, someone who's sniffing can also pick up that information? That up, oh, the coffee pot's going up. Oh, yep, she's using our yeah. that brand or definitely. And and you know, this is these are one of the early items. You know, in the mid two thousands, um, a lot of us that were doing wireless research, we were talking about this. Is once everything becomes connected or once a large portion of our life becomes connected, in this case, items in our house, we'll be able to use this information to profile uh, when someone is home and when they're not, right? If I want to break into a house, I don't want to do it while someone is home. So if I see that your coffee maker turns on at a particular time every single day uh, and then, you know, it turns off and then you have a smart uh temperature or uh, HVAC controller, and uh, at 10.30, it, uh, the AC turns off, um, I know you're probably not home anymore, 
right? And if I can gather all this information, and again, it's not that I have to see what the packets are that are sending, it's just the metadata that I'm collecting about these devices um, and your use of them that will let me tell, like, you're home or you're not, right? So I can break in, and we wouldn't see this typically for, like, a common criminal. This would be more for, like, corporate espionage, right? I know you have certain documents or certain hardware research at your house. Um, I want to steal that now and then sell it to your competitors or something like that. Um, but once it gets pervasive enough, common criminals might use this information to profile when people are home and when they're not. And, um, you know, they'll know to break in the house at that time. Well, and I'm just imagining, too, that where where am I, where's my right to privacy? I mean, it sounds like I gave it up as soon as I connected to the Internet of Things. I mean... <laughs> you may have yeah. given it up before that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, certainly. And uh, I'm thinking, too, how long before you know, divorce attorneys... Uh, subpoena or request and would you get this information from the manufacturers would you get it from my service provider or is it something that you can have the device or the sniffer somewhere nearby that you can get this information on your own that you wouldn't need the traditional subpoena to the vendor and uh, we're gonna about to take our last commercial break so leave that as a cliffhanger And you're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. This is Michael Connolly inviting you to listen each Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern to my show, Our Constitution, only on America's Web Radio. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren. On Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. You're listening to America's WebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So welcome back. You're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, and I'm Lawyer Liz. Today we are talking with Chris Grayson from Website.io. 
and Drew Porter with Red Mesa, two security researchers who, quite frankly, are scaring the dickens out of me on what my devices are sharing or not sharing. And so, all right, guys, what can we do? I mean, is there, how do I protect this information? Is there hope? I'm going to let you handle that one, Drew. (laughs) Wow, you just got thrown under the bus, Drew. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Well, uh, Chris and I actually discuss this quite often uh, about privacy and and is there hope. Um, I have a very cynical view of is there hope. Uh, And I guess that was because at one point it was my job to make sure there is no hope. Um, So... Uh, what I mean by that is there are companies, as long as there's someone willing to pay someone else to do something, um, there are companies that are going to be willing to pay to uh, find ways to get more information about people. Now, those companies might be being paid by the government, uh, or those companies might be uh, getting paid by other corporations the way they can market towards them. I was saying, so, from marketers to the government to lawyers, I mean... You, yes, you've I got mean, to watch out for those a, snakes in the grass lawyers. I mean, we're evil. Uh, <laughs> um, there was a case, uh, not dealing with divorce, but there was a um, uh, a case where a lady said that she was attacked um, and sexually assaulted um, at one of her boss's uh, houses, and they actually used the Fitbit data, um, the police did, to determine that she was actually lying about that. Um, That's now, right. Yeah, was, I was going to say, they used her activity logs when it was moving and when it was not, correct? That is correct. And they saw that she was moving during the, just walking around during the time that she claimed she was sexually assaulted. Um, and it, that wasn't the only piece of data that they had, but that kind of was like the final nail in the coffin to be like, yes, we use this to show that, you know, she was not under distress or anything like that. Um, she was walking around normally. Well, I was saying so, it, that too with the uh, FPV racers out, or flyers out in Southern California. I mean, they were able to show from the both the GoPro camera uh, film footage, but also from their you know the telemetry of their flight their flight data. Basically, they were not doing what she was accusing them of doing. But uh, so you're saying it can go both ways, essentially? Oh, most definitely. I mean, more times than not. Uh, especially in the future, I see your devices being used against you more than being used for you, right? Your alibi will no longer be a person. Your alibi will be this data that your device is sending out. Um, and that's the, it, it can be scary um, just because you can't always control what information your device is sending out. Well, and I was just saying, how easy would it be, not that y'all are ever going to do this, but how easy is it to basically, I'd call it spoof, because when we're talking about certain devices, it's Mm -hmm. basically making it appear as if the device itself, you know, phone spoofing, you hear about that, but how easy is it to manipulate the data? Hmm. I, uh... I hadn't thought about that much before. I would say the, the good or- answer. Good answer. The organizations, the organizations that are uh, doing the collection, the the organizations that would probably be receiving the subpoenas, um, are the ones that carry the traffic across the networks themselves. So, uh, spoofing at that level would be uh, pretty difficult, comparatively speaking. Um, 
but there's there's much to be said about potentially having a criminal could have their own alibi because they set something up to generate some traffic that shows, hey, no, I was making coffee in my house at that point. Obviously, I'm not going anywhere. So that's, huh? That's a that's a that's a very interesting question. I'll say, it, I mean, I've seen the CSI and uh, at various crime shows. I know to set my automatic coffee maker. Then you're saying every uh, set my using my Nest uh, app on my phone to have my AC turn on regardless of whether I'm home. But yep. uh, not that y'all are encouraging that, correct? With uh, the higher energy bills, absolutely not. No, no. Well, but you can you can spoof smaller devices um, like the stores that are tracking you. You can make it appear that there's actually you know ten instances of you at that store um that is very possible um and i had to do that before for a job as a proof of concept oh wow and so with that from just an everyday is there is you hear about the uh wallets and different uh things you can purchase that will block the signals but really there is there anything commercially available you know someone off the street could purchase that would be effective at this or again are we just out of luck well jude let me let me know what you think about this but the kind of the name of the game at this point is there's so much momentum behind this progression into the technological 21st century that you know it's not going to stop i don't see how it would stop short of you know something catastrophic but the name of the game now is not to prevent it from happening. The name of the game is to, well, as Drew and I would put it, assume compromise and have a uh, have a plan in place for the data that you actually care about. So, for instance, you have stuff like, uh, what is it, your your credit freeze. Uh, so, so something where somebody can't register a new account underneath you using your social security number, using your credit line, anything like that. But assume things are compromised, know the data that you care about, have a way to ascertain as to whether or not that data is being abused, and have a plan in place to, to, to remediate that or to, to react. And, and Drew, would you add anything? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, that those are all extremely good points. Um, really, the, the you hit it, uh, the nail on the head. Assume you're already compromised, right? Always assume that you're in a compromised environment and um, do what you can to make sure that you're aware of when abuse can happen within that compromised environment. Um, so, but, but nothing more to add to that. Yeah, there's okay. no commercial off-the-shelf products to, to help with that as far as I know. So really, assume awareness and then adding a third, secure, correct? I mean, you don't want your home Wi-Fi to be an access point for others. You want to uh, clear your histories on your uh, different devices. Now, with your car as an access point, uh, my car is not that fancy, but are there ways to hide or minimize who can see where your when your Wi-Fi car is nearby? I, I know that I know that Drew actually has a, a lot of expertise in the automotive uh, security industry. Yeah, um, unfortunately, uh, even if you turn off the wireless uh, and, and you don't use Bluetooth, when I say wireless, I mean like Wi-Fi, and you don't use Bluetooth in your car, um, you still have a cellular modem. And uh, in fact, my Jeep that I drive around as a daily driver 
uh, picked up on new cellular devices in my area. Well, hold on, hold on, Drew, but your Jeep is very custom, I would say. Uh, yes, yes, my, my Jeep is designed, or I designed my Jeep to do this exact item. Um, <laughs> but and and it, uh, how did that conversation go off, or go go down at home? Uh, did it take some negotiating, or everybody was on board with, hey... <laughs> Do you have a um, warning when people ride in your car that uh, consider yourself surveilled at this point? Well, generally speaking, if you're hanging out with Drew, you know that every, he knows everything already. We've come full circle. No. Drew, you, I just assume you've, you've broken into all of my devices. But, uh, and I was going to say, well, I want to give a thank you. And uh, we've, you've been listening to Chris Grayson with Website IO. Drew Porter with Red Mesa. I am Lawyer Liz. Follow me on Twitter um, with the law firm of Hall Booth Smith. But also check us out. Thank you for listening at Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.